Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia, and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. scripture lesson, which comes from Romans chapter 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to the faith. Ministry and ministering. The teacher and teaching. The exhorter and exhortation. The, the giver and generosity. The leader and diligence. The compassionate and cheerfulness. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Molly, for the reading of our scripture today. You did a fantastic job. She was part of the weekday preschool, so you can tell from her excellence in reading that passage of scripture. <laughs> Wonderful job. I bet you had some practice with that. Did you practice that a little bit? Okay. What a great reader you are. Well, again, welcome to our weekday families. We're glad that you were joined us this morning and that you've chosen to have your child in what we think is the finest preschool in um, Marietta and in Cobb County. But we're not biased at all. <laughs> we're not biased, and thank you, Jamie. And Jamie is our new director there, and you're doing a fantastic job, and we're thrilled, so thank you so much. Well, for those of you who have not been here the last couple weeks, we're in our third week of a sermon series, and we have discussed uh, several things. We talked about what it means to be a follower of Jesus and what kind of follower you want to be, we talked about new life and what does that look like, and maybe we don't want a new life, but maybe there are aspects of our own life that we'd like renewed, refreshed, or transformed. Today is a text about a decision for maturity, and we make these decisions as people of faith. And so what does it mean, what does it mean to mature in the Christian life? And I want to I start off with an example. You know, we don't do anything, and the reason I asked about Molly was we don't really do anything well unless we practice it. And so we practice doing a lot of things if we want to get better at it. And so I recently um, watched a documentary. It was on Netflix. And the documentary was on Nolan Ryan. He's a pitcher, was a pitcher. When I was a kid, Nolan Ryan was a household name for my family. Um, my dad loved Nolan Ryan. And it was in the 70s, for some of you 
don't even know what, when that was, but, um, <laughs> um, but it was a household name, and my, ch my childhood is synonymous with the pitcher, Nolan Ryan. So my dad would get really excited. We always knew when Nolan Ryan was pitching because the TV was on, the radio was on, and my dad was shouting. And so he was really excited whenever a strike was thrown or whenever someone was struck out or if he was, you know, Nolan Ryan was throwing a no-hitter or whatever that might be. It was a really, really exciting time in our family. Um, and so Nolan Ryan holds 51 Major League Baseball records. Some of them aren't good records, but a lot of them are. Most strikeouts and most no-hitters. And he played for 27 years retiring at 46 years of age. That's a long time for a baseball player, especially a pitcher, um, to play. He was inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame in 1999, and even with all of his success as a pitcher, he never received the coveted award of the Cy Young Pitching Award, and yet he is ranked as one of the top 10 pitchers of all time. The reason I share this is because these are the things we might not know about people who we see who are playing sports and who are excellent and at the top of their game. Early on in his baseball career, he almost walked away from it. He played for, I think, four years for the New York Mets. And while he was on the New York Mets, he was one of several pitchers. And as one of several pitchers, he got a chance to pitch from time to time. And all they said to him was, when you get up there, just go up there, throw hard and throw fast. And that's what he did. And sometimes he was really wild. He would hit batters, he'd hit them all, uh, he'd throw the ball all over the place. And they didn't invest anything in him. They didn't invest a pitching coach, they never spent any time with him. So when his time was up with the New York Mets, he was thinking that it was time for him to end his baseball career, collect his pension, go back to Texas, and be a veterinarian. And then he got a call that the New York Mets had traded him to the, Do not the Dodgers, the Angels, the California Angels. My dad loved the California Angels. And so he didn't want to go to the Angels, but he did. And it changed his life. It changed his life. They invested in him. They gave him a pitching coach and helped him to rework the mechanics of his pitch and helped to create the pitcher that he would one day become. In the documentary, it's taken from the perspective of the batters that faced Nolan Ryan. His biggest fan was his wife, Ruth, and she had this to say about him, that his legacy will be that he had a God-given talent and he worked hard at his talent. Texans actually see Ryan, Nolan Ryan, as the personification of integrity and hard work. And Ryan himself said that, I always felt that my greatest asset was not my physical ability, it was my mental ability, because he could step up to the plate with intense, the mound, with intense focus to get the job done. And he would always get the strikeouts. When we watch our favorite player on their team, whatever that might be, on game day, we don't ever see all the work that goes behind them stepping up and playing. Whether it's football, baseball, golf, or even tennis or running. They're not getting on that field for the first time, not having done any of the work behind the scenes. It took them years and years to get where they are, and people invested in them and encouraged them to be the best that they could be. It required a decision on their part 
to move from being a child in the sport to being mature and being an adult in the sport, to mature in their game. And it's not just physical, it's a mental game. Every sport has some sort of a mental aspect to it. So the Apostle Paul, in his letters to the churches, often uses sports illustrations to encourage the church to stay in the game. And so he talks about fight the good fight, win the prize, all of those images that are sports images. And he encourages the church to be a team working together. And we hear that in our scripture today about all the gifts. We're all on a team. And he sounds to me like he's a coach. And he's a really good coach, encouraging his players to be the best that they can be. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And then he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and what is acceptable. So the decision to mature in the Christian faith is the decision whether or not we want to do the work that no one sees. I'll often say to the church staff that Sundays, they're game days for us. Y'all have game days in your profession. Sunday is our game day. And when we talk about Christmas Eve services or we talk about Easter, that's the Super Bowl for the church. And we got to be on our game. But you got to do the necessary thing behind the scenes to make sure that you have a successful game day. I think the same is true for our spiritual life. We gather here on worship on Sundays. We join in fellowship, but all week long, we are in the trenches of our life, and it gets crazy, and it gets busy, and we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling, and an hour or two on Sunday is not enough to keep us spiritually fit. That's what Paul's getting at in the scripture today. Conforming to the world and all the things that we do outside aren't going to get us where we need to go in the faith. It's not going to give us a deep faith. It's not going to give us the necessary skills for the long haul. The renewing of our mind is what we're doing to be renewed into the image of Christ is about changing the way that we look out at the world and we look at our own lives. John, in John's Gospel, Jesus talks to the woman at the well, and at the woman at the well, you know, she knows all about worship, she knows all about her faith, but Jesus says to her about where her place of worship is, but her life that she has is not a reflection of the fact that she knows all about worship. And so he doesn't condemn her, he doesn't judge her, but he encourages her to see that there's a little bit of a disconnect between the life that she's living and a life worshiping God. In the part of Romans that you heard Molly share with you, Paul is writing about the Christian life. And if you read a little bit beyond that, which was originally the text for today, it's a listing of all the ways that we ought, ought to be Christians. And it's a pretty lengthy list, and it's a hard list, because we don't ever all accomplish this in one day or one week or even one year. It takes time. It takes time. Like an athlete, we're an athlete trying to get fit in the faith. To mature in our faith is a process of a lifetime, and 
I'm reading a book called Ace the Half. It's how to ace a half marathon. And one of the chapters is devoted to motivation because motivation is key. And they say this, one of the most important ways to stay motivated is to review your why. We hear that a lot today. Why? Why are you doing this? The same could be true for the spiritual life. Why do you want to mature? Do you want to mature? Why do you want to grow in faith? Why do you want to be a follower of Jesus? Why is it important for you to have to make this decision? Well, we know that the decisions that we make, we talked about this the first week, they impact our life, they impact the lives of others, they have a rippling effect, but why do we do this? Sometimes we forget about the impact that our life can have. We hear the phrase, and we sang it when we came in, Jesus loves you, this we know. This is important for us. But we know that God loves us just the way we are, but you may have heard the expression, but he loves you too much to keep you that way. So we're always growing in our faith. We're always growing toward maturity. Because Jesus isn't done with us yet. Jesus isn't done with us yet. I recently spent some time with the Compromands, and that's always a, a real treat for me to spend some time with the Compromands. And while doing so, um, we had some really good conversations, and part of those conversations were to talk about um, the means of grace. And the means of grace are at our disposal, whether we're here in church or whether we're outside, whether we're in our community, whether we're in our school, the grocery store, we are, wherever we are, God is everywhere. And just recognizing, but in the church, we think that the means of grace, specifically are prayer, reading the scripture, um, serving others, those are distinctive a means of grace as is Holy Communion, which we're going to get to in just one moment. But in talking with the Confirmands, we were talking about this means of grace and that God is uniquely present in this Holy Sacrament, two sacraments in the United Methodist Church, baptism and Holy Communion. And we believe that God is uniquely present, that something happens to us when we participate in Holy Communion. We got into a, a different kind of conversation with the Confirmands because sometimes when you're talking with kids, conversations get sideways. And one of the students said to me, I wish we had superpowers. And I said, you know what? You do have superpowers. And your superpowers are the spiritual gifts that God has given to each one of you and has given to each one of you as people of faith. We all have gifts that God has given us for the glory of God to lift up the church. We might not know what those are, but we discover them over the course of a lifetime. That's part of the process of maturity, is being able to listen. And I use the, the description of Nolan Ryan because Nolan Ryan stepped up to that mound prepared. He was ready. He had all kinds of work behind him. He was disciplined, he was focused, and he knew exactly what his why was when he stepped up to the mound. And so the same is true in the Christian life. It is staying focused. It is the desire to want to be a strong follower of Jesus. But nobody can make you do that. It's a decision that you have to make. But I want you to know this. You don't ever have to do it alone because we do it together as the church. Because being a Christian is a team sport. Thanks be to God for God's holy word.
Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at Marietta FUMC.